0: This podcast is all about exploring different journeys to reinvention so that you can learn the strategies for how to successfully launch your next reinvention. Hi everyone, welcome to the School of Reinvention podcast. I am your host, Roger Osorio. I'm a reinvention coach and the author of the book, The Journey to Reinvention, How to Build a Life Aligned with Your Values, Passion and Purpose. I'm incredibly excited to be here with Maria Saab who is a dedicated high-performance coach, international speaker, and community leader who specializes in empowering executives, athletes, and high performers to transcend limiting beliefs, unlock their full potential, and create a life of balance and fulfillment. With a deep understanding of the unique challenges faced by ambitious individuals, Maria provides personalized coaching and transformative strategies to help clients achieve extraordinary results in all areas of their lives. Targeting professionals, athletes, and individuals who possess a burning desire to reach their highest potential, Maria recognizes the immense power of mindset, belief, and holistic development. By blending proven coaching techniques, cutting-edge performance methodologies, and intuitive guidance, Maria supports clients in breaking through barriers, optimizing their performance, and living a purpose-driven life. Maria and I connected, like so many people connect today, uh, in the DMs of social media. You know, someone shared an inspiring post of hers and it completely resonated with me. It was one of those posts that, you know, it was the right post on the right day at the right moment. And it connected with me so much that I felt called to reach out to her. And she replied and here we are. Maria, thank you so much for, first of all, like just for responding and and for engaging. I, I really appreciated that. Your content is just absolutely amazing. I, I feel like it, it, it's always uplifting. And I, and I feel like it lands like in my feed at the right time of the day. So I, I don't know if I should thank Instagram or you or both of you for that, but it, it lands in the right place at the right time. And so I always appreciate that. But I'm really excited to be able to have this conversation with you because you've got a, just an incredible story of, well, one, how you've gotten to the point where you're able to help so many people do this work, you know, do this inner work that we're about to talk about. But of course it started with you doing your inner work. And I'm really excited to kick things off with your story. Kind of like help us understand you before we go into, you know, how you started to get onto this particular path that you're on.
1: First of all, thank you for this beautiful introduction. It is my absolute pleasure to be here with you and to be connecting with your audience as well. And I need to thank the algorithm for being on my side as well. I'm happy that my posts create that kind of effect for you. and. Regarding my story, where do you want me to start? Because it's pretty long.
0: Let's kick off at university because, you know, one of the things that we talked about in our prep call was that you change your major three times. And, you know, I think some of my listeners may be people who are in university at the moment. And I actually teach at universities, so it's it's quite likely. And this is something that a lot of people are like, no, discouraged from doing, don't change your major, know what you want to do the moment you show up at 18, right? Like who knows what they want to do at 18. But you change your major three times, kind of going against what most advice would tell us to do. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: It's actually a very interesting story. And for me to, to be talking about it, coming from a person who always knew what she wanted, and she always goes for what she wants. And then at some point in my life, I have to completely change my path. That was not easy at all. In my mind, it is easier to think that, oh yeah, I'm changing major to that, but I was so surprised on how far I took it. Because ever since I was very young, I've always known that I wanted to become a doctor, right? I love biology. I love studying the human body. I loved it. I was so passionate about it. And so I got to university. I entered with an entrance scholarship and I got into biology pre-med. And as I was going through that, I took an introduction to psychology and that shook me to my core. And I knew that this is something that I wanted to dive in. And I actually asked my instructor, I'm like, Hey, do you think I should change my major to psychology? And, and he was like, do not put that weight on me. Cause that, that's literally an entire change of path. But, and then I'm like, okay, maybe not. Maybe I should go into psychiatry when I become a doctor or something. And as I went through university, Um, I'm, I'm a high performance coach, partly because I'm a high performer at my best, so during university I was not only studying, but I was also in every single extracurricular activity, in every leadership program, every single leadership workshop they gave I attended, a volunteering, a community service, community work, I was in every part of that and I'm so grateful that I took the decision to make time for things like that because they shaped who I am and they shaped my personality and they made me find out what is it that makes my eyes grow bigger and my heart jump. So, as I was once, uh, I was a trainer at Model United Nations and I was training my first year, my first class. I was talking to the students and I said something and I looked at a student and her eyes grew a little bigger. Cause like I saw the aha moment that she had because of what I was saying. And at that moment, I knew that this is the kind of effect I want to do to have on people. And I wanted to do that for the rest of my life. And so when that was triggered in my, in my, in my classes, I felt I that that's not giving me the satisfaction I felt there. And I start, started to itch. I need to change. There's something wrong. I need to change. Right. And but I wanted to stay in the human body physiology field and health because I loved that. I was passionate about it. And at the same time, I wanted to study human behavior and leadership and public speaking and all of that. So I was really confused. One, should I actually take that decision? Because, you know, I don't know about how it is in America, but in Lebanon, where I'm from or the, the Arab region, it's always like, oh Yeah, my, my son is a doctor, my son's a, my daughter's a lawyer, my my you know, my, my son is an architect. It's lawyer, doctor, engineer, architect, those four are like the top class, right? And, and, he, and parents brag about it. My parents, uh, were never that kind of parents, right? They were always supportive of whatever makes you happy, you go and do it, and we trust you, but still, I had that in me that the she left you know she left um, med school definitely she wasn't doing well that's why she went into into dietetics and nutrition which is what i ended up going for after because i i was also very much into health and fitness and i was already a a personal trainer at the time so as soon as i started university i started working as a personal trainer as well at the same time so it made sense for me to study dietetics and be a, a personal trainer and i decided to also do a minor in psychology now, the funny thing is, I kept on doing my extracurricular activity, completely overwhelming. And I asked myself, why are you doing this? Why are you doing this to yourself? You could just tone it down on your extracurricular so that you could focus on your studies. But I knew that there was, my soul was so alive every time I was participating in any community service or in any leadership program. That was where I was feeling alive. And my studies started to become more of in the way of me actualizing myself. So I have to take a decision. What do you want? Do you want to focus on that? Or do you want to focus on personal development and growth? So that's when you get out into the, into the real world. So I knew what I wanted. Right. And after my minor, my psychology minor requirements ended, I actually kept on attending all of the other psychology courses without them being marked on my minor. So I kind of did the classes of the entire major, but without doing the tests of the ones that were outside of my requirements. That was how much I loved human behavior. But that transition of actually leaving biology, pre-med and going into nutrition, dietetics, I remember there was a week where, and I actually never talked about it. There was a week where I was, I don't know if I was actually depressed or if it was a major depressive episode, I couldn't get up. I couldn't go and I wasn't performing well at exams. And I'm a, like, I'm a nerd and I love to study and I'm a high achiever. So for me, that was, that was something. I, I remember there was an organic chemistry lab exam that I had to go to and it was 7 a.m. I was still awake. I hadn't slept. I was on the couch. I had my papers in my hand and I was like, get up. You need to go to the exam. Get up. And I just couldn't get up. And you need to go do the exam. Are you serious? Like that's the final exam of the of the of the year. You need to get up. And then I, I knew that there was something that was not okay because I'm a very positive person. I'm a very high energy person by nature because I I wired my brain in that way. So that was completely out of out of my identity. So I eventually I got up. I had an A on my first exam and I got a D minus on that final exam. So that was something right so here is where where i realized that okay i'm not happy and it's not worth it i'm gonna go for what i want and so i did and even after going into dietetics and graduating and doing a nine-month internship at the hospital for medical nutrition therapy and working for seven years in the health and fitness industry i also ended up changing again into high performance coaching and human behavior and human potential, which is everything that I am. So right now I'm at a point where I say, this is not what I do, it is who I am. And when I aligned my my career with my authentic self, with my true self, it's not just fulfilling, but it's also, I do believe that I am self-actualizing by serving other people and by doing what I do today. And it's creating the kind of impact that I've always wanted to create in the world. And I really want other people to go through that because I think that it's very empowering and it's very, very much worth it.
0: There's so much to unpack in that story, you know, and I'm I'm trying to think of a way to like almost summarize all that amazingness because there's so many twists, turns and pivots. But what I'm hearing is that you experienced, you You drove your university education in the way that aligned best with you as you were evolving, as you were growing. Each step of the way, you learned something about yourself. And the difference, I think, what makes this journey really special is that you took action on those things. It didn't mean you took action that moment that something fell off, but you eventually took action and you made those pivots and turns, those twists and turns, even though some might say, no, like you can't do that. You've got to stay on your path and then you can figure things out later. And, and I love how you even mentioned you considered what are my alternatives here? What else could I do? You even considered maybe I can do psychiatry after going down the med path. So you considered your options. I mean, you were really trying here to figure out a solution and you went into solution mode trying to find that you considered things, but then you made the decision that felt best for you in that moment. The other thing that I love about your story is you talked about your involvement in all of these things, which I totally get why you, you, you tell that story, like, oh my gosh, like I was maxed out and all of that from the outside looking in, that's how people probably saw you and told you like, you're crazy. You're doing all of these things. It's just nuts. Like you like, you know, you're, you're operating on 48 hours a day, but there's only 24. How the hell do you do it? But the thing is, I, and I totally get you here. When things are so aligned with who you are and what matters to you, it doesn't really feel that way. It doesn't feel like to your point what you said about where your career is today. It's not what I do, it's who I am, you know, and it and right now I've created a life where what I do and who I am are one and the same. Like I get to make it one and the same. And I've gotten to this point where I've built that. But even in at university, you created that experience in a way. You built that experience in a way where it would be so aligned. And I love that. I I had a similar experience in university where I I did a lot of it on my terms and advisors at times told me, you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't take those extra classes. You're going to hurt your GPA, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what, in the US, because we pay so much for university, I'm like, I'm going to be paying for this for the next 20 years. So I'm sorry, but I'd rather like do it on my terms if I got to pay for this for the you know, next 20 years of my life. And and it took, yeah, 20 years of my life to pay for it. So I, I'm so glad I did it on my terms. And hearing your story, you know, you did it on your terms, whether it was the extracurriculars, whether it was changing majors along the way, exploring what was right for you and what wasn't. I love what you said also about extracurriculars shaping you. I think that extracurriculars played, you know, in for any university student, play this role of, you can go all in on your classes and your classes are like, one project in your life and you'll learn one set of things about yourself in that experience. But as you learned in your experience, there's so many other facets to you that could only be discovered and uncovered through these extracurriculars. And like you said, they shaped you, they shaped who you became and who you are today. And I think that's really important because just even after we graduate and out here doing our, you know, day jobs or whatever, our extracurriculars are now projects. That's what they're called. They're called passion projects. They're called side hustles. We give them a different name. They're not after school clubs anymore <laughs> or anything like that. They're not student orgs. They are, they are things, they are other things. They take other shapes and form, but they serve the exact same purpose. They shape you. They help you discover who you are. And so I love that you lifted up how important that was on your journey. And then finally, I think another thing that really stood out here was you went in with this idea, like you went in with this idea that you love medicine, you love biology, and you were very certain of what you wanted and who you were going into this. But that didn't mean that you were going to stay that way forever. And you discovered another side of yourself. And I think this is whether you're in university or in your career. it it, I mean, the same thing happens. You know, you're doing a job for maybe five or 10 years and then and you did love it. It was a dream job once upon a time but it doesn't feel so dreamy anymore and all of a sudden but you're faced with this conflict you know i'm about to unlock the next level of my dream and but yet i don't want that and what do i do with this feeling and how do i pivot away from that when i've wanted this for so long and now i'm getting it and i love that your story shares with us that struggle of trying to figure it out and all the different ideas that you came up with so i lift these lessons and insights up because I want to make sure that the listeners can see how they can apply this to their own journey, that these struggles are okay; They're part of the journey. But the key here is that you stopped to think about this. You know, and of course, I know we're about to get into your inner work, which is I think what empowers you and drives you to be able to stop and think and feel and reflect and really be able to then decide what is right for you. The next thing before we move on to the inner work story is you had a really powerful story about a business that you ran with a close friend. And I'd love for you to share that story before we go into your inner work journey.
1: Before we even go into that other story, I I actually wanted to mention that the most powerful thing that I did is that I stopped and reflected and asked myself that question of how do I feel, you know, building awareness on the emotions that I had and what decision am I going to take? from that place if i had not stopped and thought about and self-reflected and thought about okay i there i feel something off what is it and what is it that i want to do so it's not what is my what do my parents want for me what does society expect from me what do my teachers expect from me what what are my external expectations because i do have them because i am an overachiever and you know People are going to start seeing you like that. So they're going to have expectations on you, right? So that question was not, what do they want for me? But it was, what do I want for myself? Because I am not happy. And at that point, you need to think like that. At so many, Because that decision that I'm going to take is going to define the rest of my life. More or less, you do always have a choice to change. That is something that is also very important. But... It was important for me to, to ask, to self-reflect and ask and, and re- connect back to my true self. And uh, it's funny that you, you say that because what people actually used to tell me all the time was, how do you have time for all of this? You need to take a break. How do you have so much time? How do you create time? And because I was working two jobs with extracurricular activity and a full full credit major, don't try this at home, <laughs> right? It's, it's overwhelming. It's stressful. I was barely sleeping. My system was, you know, off. What that taught me is how to create a balance in all different areas of my life and how to master creating systems and how to master time management. And this is exactly what I currently coach people on and high performers on. High performers want to do and achieve and keep going, but if they neglect, their health, their relationships, their emotions, their spirituality, their community. If they neglect those important other areas beyond their career, they're not going to be happy and they're not going to be satisfied. So that phase where I was doing so much and I was overwhelmed and, and I was missing out on all of those different areas of life taught me the lessons that I need to take for me to be able to create that impact in other people as well in my current life today. So. It's not about just what you go through in your life, but it's also stopping and asking yourself, what's the lesson? What can I learn from this? And not only taking the lesson, but applying it in the present moment, because every lesson, there's a purpose to it. And it's there to help connect you back to where you're supposed to be. And where I'm supposed to be is to teach that lesson to other people right now. And so self-reflection is definitely something that greatly impacted my life.
0: Yeah. I I mean, absolutely. And I think that, you know, you shared this tough moment that you went through where, you know, you don't recommend it necessarily for others, you know, don't try this at home, like you said. But I I, I can understand this. I went through a moment like that in my life. And for me, it was one, I I made sure that it was like a finite period. You know, I'm like, I can't operate like this forever. But two, I also loved what a lot of what I was doing. I was so connected to it. And that drives you. And I feel like that's the hard part for Our dear friends who care about us and are trying to look out for us to to know and feel because they may not be doing that type of work. And I had plenty of warnings from friends and all of that. And I appreciated that because I'm like, look, you know what? Normally, you are absolutely right. If I'm doing all this and I'm just, you know, so so about these things I'm doing, oh, I'm going to be burning myself out. But honestly, I I get so much energy from this that by the end of the day, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to. Find a way to get rid of all this energy i should be ending the day with no energy and yet i'm ending the day with maximum energy which i love about your posts because you say the same thing and i'm like i know her i see her i see where i see where she's coming from so i totally get it and it's when you do this kind of work that's super aligned with who you are but to your point this is where it is today and it may not be where it is tomorrow tomorrow it may be some other expression of this. Passion of this, you know, uh, of your interests, of your values, and and it'll be exciting to see what it is, you know, in the next five or ten years. But right now, you know, this is what it is.
1: And now I know that it's okay if yep. it happens. It's okay. Absolutely, it's not the end of the world. It's only going to connect me deeper to what I'm supposed to, where I'm supposed to be.
0: Yeah, definitely. Tell us a little bit about that story with your friend because there was a powerful lesson there in terms of you know someone else's mission versus your mission. And I really wanna lift that part of the story up because I feel like that's really important for listeners.
1: So uh, as I said before, that I started university and I started my career as a personal trainer. It wasn't a decision that I took personally, it it landed in my life. I was in, there's an extracurricular class that you have to take at university, the, the PE class. And as I was taking that course, the first semester of the first year, of course, because I love sports, the coach at that class told me hey would you be interested in being the assistant coach of this class and because he saw the technique that i was doing and he saw how i was connecting other people because i i did i had already done my own research on strength training and bodybuilding and and all of that and so i was thrilled because Wow, I love that field. Of course, I'm gonna be the assistant coach, right? And then my cousin finds out, and he's like, "Hey, why don't you talk to my friend? My friend has a his own gym. He started his own business, and he opened the gym and at his house, home balcony. That was in 2015. And I was like, "Okay, sure. Why not? So I was directed into that path. I never took a decision of, "Hey, I want to become a personal trainer. So I I meet this friend, and he and I and I and I actually reach out to him. He's like. Come to come tomorrow at this time and let me see what you've got. And I go and I I train people and he sees how I am and my attitude and everything. And he's like, You see that energy that you have and that attitude that you have and that the way that you're that you're talking to other people, I want that to come back tomorrow, and you're not leaving here. You're stuck. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, sure. And and then he he trained me for six months intensively to truly build all of the skills necessary for me to be able to be a good personal trainer. Fast forward to 2018, he expanded and he got a private gym and I was still working with him and we were both the head coaches of the place and managing the community and building the community together. And it was really, I was really connected to that community because it was such a great energy, a great field. Everybody was so supportive and one day in May, 2019. I received a phone call. I was studying for my finals and my energy just dropped. And I'm like, and I and I actually literally fell asleep on the table and I don't do that. And I felt because I, my energy, I lost I lost all of my energy. I'm like, I don't know what happened, but I'm just gonna go home. I'm not, I'm not, I cannot study anymore. And as soon as I get home, I get a phone call from my friend. And he tells me that my my partner at work just passed away. And Honestly, that phone call was the only time that I ever actually believed that this incident happened. The moment after that was complete denial of how can a person so young, so ambitious, so such like that, that guy is a man, right? So, how can this happen to him? And it was such a shocking moment. He was hit by a by car while while riding a bicycle. And so that was probably the most traumatic experience I had to go through in my life. And it was hard to, to get back up from here, but I had to I had to, to continue what he has built. So I went on to to take charge of the gym and to lead the community and to keep growing it in his name. And to keep building what he wanted to build, because we always shared our aspirations and our dreams and our goals, and I knew exactly what he wanted, right? So I wanted to build on that. But then three years after that, I, I and in order for me to do that, I was working sixteen hours a day at that t- at that point, and. I had to put a pause for everything else that I was doing in my life like the workshops like every, the entrepreneurship programs like the leadership programs etc so that I can focus on building that business building that community and and that also happened to be in the so a few years after that happened to be the worst economic crisis in Lebanon and then covid hit and then you know so many things happened in Lebanon so it's how to run a business and keep it successful even during those tough times and that, a lot of lessons were learned during that phase. But at some point I found myself asking, okay, what got me to personal training? Was that a choice that I took? Why am I here? And it's not, I don't wanna be here anymore. Why is this in my path? No, it's, I know that this was put on my path for a reason. What is it trying to teach me? And I realized that for the past seven years in the health and fitness industry as a personal trainer, I was, uh, my added value as a PT was that I not only trained the body, but I also trained the mind. Mental toughness was something that I had inserted in every single session. And it happened that most of my clients were people who had anxiety, depression, PTSD, autism, eating disorders. And sometimes some sessions would be just clients coming in, crying, stretching and leaving. That's your workout for the day. That's how much your body can handle, right? And if, if I create a space, a safe space for you to truly express and, and release, then that is you're, you're doing your body well. And if to me, it's if you can come into the gym and then get out knowing you could do more than than how much you could when you came in, then I did my job. Sometimes I would stay 45 minutes trying to help someone overcome the fear of jumping on the box. And if if that takes 45 minutes, to me, that is more worth it than you doing a 45-minute workout and leaving and knowing that there was something that you thought you could not do and you did not actually do, right? And so I realized that what I was doing, because I'm an observer and I love observing human behavior, so I was having my own personal longitudinal study on human behavior, what gets people to show up, what gets people to give up, what gets people to keep going. What gets people to, to, to stop, surrender, or use their strength how to use their strengths, how to use their weaknesses? And I realized that the reason why I was in that business was because I loved doing that so much. And that was fueling me to show up for my people every single day. But then I'm like, okay, but there's a part where you're not enjoying anymore, which is personal training. So why don't you take that part that you love so much and do it on its own? And really focus on building that coaching business and that human behavior, human potential, high performance kind of coaching, which is what I really love doing. And so that's what I did. But the process of leaving the gym, especially after, you know, having that much, the gym had so much meaning to me because it was beyond just a gym. It was a community. It was as a, it was something that I had built with, with a very dear friend of mine. And I was continuing a legacy. And my partner at the time was uh, his father. And to his father, me leaving was meant that his son has actually passed away because he was still in denial as well. So it was very hard for me to, to, to say that I'm leaving or to take the decision for me to leave and think about myself and not about other people. But I realized that every time and, and I got actually I got coached by someone and there was something that she told me at that time. And she said, right now where you're at, you are serving this number of people. But every time you choose to stay here, you're saying no to the thousands of people that you're about to serve when you go do what you're meant to do. And I couldn't bear on myself to say no to the people that I was supposed to serve. And I realized that I was living someone else's dream. It was never my own. And so it took a lot of courage to actually say that I'm going to leave and I'm going to go after what I want. And I'm going to say no to everything that's not that. But it was so... So worth it. The reality that I'm living today today, and the kind of impact that I'm having right now, I wouldn't want it any other way.
0: It's a sign that 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 decision, as hard as it was in that moment, of course, obviously has paid off and, and it worked. And I think, you know, a big part of it also, you've done the work to make it work. You've done a lot to make that path work. But you, again, going back to reflection and the importance of that and really stopping to think and reflect and do that inner work you answered the tough questions for yourself is what I'm hearing in that story. And you navigated that tough moment, you know, um, to be able to do that, to realize that this was someone else's dream. And while I did enjoy parts of it, and I owe so much to this experience, because I learned a lot. And now it brought me to this point, it's time for me to make this decision to go on a path that is more connected to me than this current one, you know, and, and I feel like, This is something that a lot of listeners will be able to resonate with in different ways. You know, maybe there's a career that they've stayed in out of obligation because they feel like I have to be here because I've invested so much time into this or I've invested so much money into this or whatever I've done to be on this path. And here I am. How dare I leave? Like, I can't leave this. And it's really hard. You know, I mean, it's like they say, breaking up is hard to do. And it's even harder when it's something that you still enjoy on many levels and you derive so much from. But nevertheless, like you said, you know, you had to take that step. And I and and what I love about the story is that it wasn't something that happens overnight. It took time, but you made that decision. All right. So let's talk about your inner work journey talked about it a little bit on our prep call. And it's such a cool story. And you're going to take us back now for a moment, you're going to take us back to when you were 14. And I, and I, and I really want to hear this story. I want everyone else to hear the story. Because I think that there's a lot there that we can learn. And then you know, that'll bring us more to where we are today. And some of the ideas that you share with your clients that you teach, that you promote, and that you um, endorse, uh, obviously, on your social platforms. And you know, it's how we it's how we connected. It's what made me connect to you. So Tell us about that journey to getting to know your inner self.
1: So my journey at the age of 14, that's when it all started. And that was probably why I had such a big self-awareness and why I was able to really stop and ask myself and reflect, because it was something that I had already trained my mind on how to do. When I was 14, I sat on my desk and I opened my notebook and I wrote down, why am I here and what was I born to do? And it was like question, question, answer. I didn't have to think about the answer. The answer was, I was born to love. And I knew that that was coming from such a great place of truth. That was everything that I was, everything that I am. It's behind everything that I do. It's behind everything that I say. And it's now obviously my highest value. Love and service are my two highest values. How I actualize that and how I put that into action does not matter. As long as the message and the impact is coming from a place of love and this is the kind of energy that I'm putting out in the world. And so, The reason why I stopped to ask myself that question was because I felt that there's a flame of fire inside of me that was burning so much, telling me that, hey, you are born to do something great. And I couldn't not do anything about it because it was such a burning sensation that I just couldn't sit down and do nothing and just be a child. I had to go out there and put it into action or do something about it. So I was like, okay, where is this coming from? What was I born to do? Why am I here? So, okay, I was born to love. Okay, then what? Right? What do I do with it? What do I create with it? And I actually started to work at the age of 14. So, partly, that was like one of the ways to get that energy out, right? And this is where I started to rewire my mind. On my way to school in the bus and on my way after school, I used to have earphones in. And I used to listen to... Speeches by Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Eric Thomas, constantly. They literally wired my brain and how I think. That is why now, when people tell me how can you be so positive all the time, it's not because it's not a it's not a choice anymore. It's not a decision anymore. It's 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 a there's my subconscious is programmed and is wired and there are neural connections and pathways that I have built consistently over time by being exposed to that kind of mentality so now you get me the worst most negative situation and in a split second my mind turns it into a positive one and sees all of the good things out of it and then i'm able to move forward right so but it doesn't mean that i don't have my moments of where i am sad and i am down we all have that right but i'm very grateful and forever and every single day, I'm, I always say thank you to that young girl who actually chose to listen to that voice and to follow that burning sensation and not to say, mm, no, I'm not good enough. I'm probably not, right? Because I was alone in this. I had to believe in myself. I didn't have a supporting system around me that was telling me you can do it. You, can, you got this. I am surrounded by very loving people and amazing, incredible people. And I am blessed with great friends who always support me on a daily basis. But at that time, I had to believe in myself. I had to get myself up every single time. I had to, to create a schedule for myself at that young age. To This is the time where I study. This is the time where I work out. This is the time where I work on my skills. This is the time where I do this, right? And that discipline that I had built and that mental toughness that I had built and that positivity that I had built... It came alive when I needed it the most when I was a little bit older. So my journey started very young and my self-reflection journey started very young. It hasn't, but some people tell me, Oh, you're so lucky. You're so young and you're so aware it's a blessing and a curse because I didn't, I didn't, you know, I couldn't be careless as a child because I felt that I had a responsibility out to, to be in the world. But now I know that if you're living for you to be able to live your purpose, You don't need to be doing, just by being, you are living your purpose. And that actually I discovered last year when I was in Valley University. So after I took that decision of leaving the gym and of, of actually leaving the entire health and fitness industry, it was at the worst time in Lebanon, worst economic crisis. Everything was literally falling apart. And I was leaving my job. I was leaving my community. I was leaving my, repu- my I had a reputation in that field. I had built a, a, a clientele. I had people. I was training people at home, at the gym, online, everywhere. So, and I, and I chose to. Okay, I'm gonna leave everything and start from zero. That takes courage, and that's why I always say I help people reconnect with their true self and have the courage to step into their power. Because when your intuition talks, it doesn't make sense so much. It tells you go jump. You don't know where you're jumping. You don't know what's going to happen. It's just going to tell you, go, jump. And you need to have courage to go and jump and follow your intuition, right? But to be able to get to listen to that intuition, you need to remove all of the layers that have disconnected you over time with who you truly are, with what your values are, what do you stand for, what makes your soul light up, what makes you happy, right? Not what society tells you is true, not what other people say about you, not what they say that you need to be doing. And I had to go through that internal journey of self-reflection and of healing and of coaching even. I had my own coaches and I still believe that it, what you need to be investing in coaches and mentors throughout your life because those people are only going to be catalysts for your self-improvement and for your personal development. And so, and I'm so grateful for every single person that I've worked with because they helped me to reconnect with who I am and I got that courage to say, okay, I'm leaving everything and I'm starting from zero. And when I did that, I had I've always had the same vision. Since I was 14, I know what I wanted. I have the same vision still today, and I'm going to make that happen, right? But how to get there, I had no idea. And this is when I learned how to surrender. So I don't need to know how. I just need to know where I'm going. Because by surrendering, being true to myself, and being present in the moment, these three things make me so powerful and put me on such a high vibrational frequency that I'm going to be attracting the right people and the right opportunities at the right time. And so now I'm with you and having a podcast, right? And you're in a different continent and I'm in a different continent, but the right people and the right opportunities at the right time. Because why? What you felt, the kind of energy you felt from that post that you saw, if it wasn't coming from a place of truth, you wouldn't have resonated with it right? It wouldn't have created that big of an impact. Absolutely, And I'm grateful that I get to, and that I get to do that. But, and I, and I feel like people are seeking the truth now. And the more that you're authentic, the more that that shows. And the more that you're going to attract authentic people into your life as well. So going back to Mindvalley University, I was pulled to that event. And I felt that I had to be there. I was going to a country that I knew no one in, absolutely no one. I was traveling on my own, and and I was, I didn't have any plan. I didn't have any anything, anything in mind. But my intention was to be completely myself and to be present in the moment. That was my intention. I wasn't there to get opportunities. I wasn't there to network. I wasn't there. I was there to to, to be myself, experience, and to be present in the moment. And because of that i realized the impact of just being versus then want then doing something just by being i had literally and without exaggeration over 40 people come up to me telling me there's something about your energy there's something about your eyes there's something about there there's a light that's coming out of you at some point it was very nice to hear like wow thank you because these are strangers, they don't have to say that to me, right? And, and they don't know who I am, but that was the energy that they were feeding. And it's nice to know that this is the kind of energy I'm putting out there. So I was like, thank you, thank you so much, that means a lot. But then 10, 20, 30, 40, and then it became so overwhelming. I started to ask myself, okay, what am I supposed to do with that? Why are people telling me this? What kind of responsibility do I have towards that? What do I need to do with this? Why? There's a reason why people are telling me this constantly on and on and on. And it got so overwhelming at some point I started to cry. And, and then the next day I'm like, I cannot even show up. And, and I had to take I had to take a break because the energy was right. It was so heavy directed at me. And so I skipped I skipped the next day's uh, workshop and I went midday and I went directly to, to the coffee stands area before going into the workshop that I was already on. And I remember I was looking away from where the crowd was and looking towards the coffee stand. And I was staring at a banana because I didn't want people to see me. I didn't want to see people. I did not want anyone coming up to me, telling me anything about the energy that I'm putting out there. And literally a man comes in and he taps on my shoulder and he tells me, hey, I've been wanting to talk to you for three days. And I just want to tell you that you have a beautiful energy coming out of you. I look at him and I'm like, what the hell? Like, why am I? If what people see is what they have within them, and if me just being myself, I'm reminding other people of their own light, right? Because if they see light in me, then they have light within them. And if the light within me is reminding other people of their own light, then why not? Then why not just be in my light and realize that I don't need to be doing anything to be able to impact people so deeply, to be able to remind them of their truth and who they are. So just allow yourself to be present in your light and watch just that being in the present moment authentically, how much of an impact it can have on people, not just by the energy that they feel coming from you, but reminding them of their own inner light. And as soon as I realized that, I went into the workshop. It was Srikumar Rao who was giving the talk. And i remember as soon as i stepped in he said one sentence that i never forget it was the most powerful moment of mind university for me it was do not explain it experience it and i realized that i don't have to explain what's happening with me i don't have to explain the thing that's going on i just need to experience it because that's it that's life right it's ex- just experiencing life and being present with that and as i said before if you want to live your purpose then live just be. You don't have to do. By just being, you're living your purpose. As long as you're living authentically. And when, yeah. when, be, when you're being, you're being you.
0: I You know, I I want to just build off of that idea because I think that's such an empowering and important idea. You know, when we, when we start to discover, like, who we are and, and what it is that we really want to do and what path we might want to walk, doing those things doesn't happen overnight. You know, doing those things, creating the the opportunity to be able to do those things is a whole different project or set of activities. And it can sometimes feel, I think like, uh, I don't know, overwhelming is not the right word, but maybe discouraging that, oh, I have to wait so long to be able to do the things that I love to do. Maybe I decide I, I have an incredible coaching experience and I all of a sudden realize I want to be a coach too. Well, there's a path to get there. So then you start thinking, gosh, it'll be a while before I get to enjoy this moment. But what I hear when you say this, you know, to to focus on being that you can just be at this moment it, it, and it's more important than doing, it empowers me to begin enjoying this now. I don't have to wait until I'm actually the coach or the teacher or fill in the blank, whatever it is that I might want to go towards, whatever direction I want to go towards. I can I can be that person right now in other ways. Maybe it's helping my dearest friends when they need help taking extra time to do something that I normally would not have done because now I know that there's a direction I'm going in so let me just be who I am for now version whatever it is at that point version you know 1.01 or whatever and 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 one day you'll get to version 2.0 that gets to go out there and do it for a living and all of that and advertising and everything but right now you could still do it in other ways you know and I think that's the you know, when I got started in my coaching journey, I was learning, I was getting my master's in psychology focused on executive coaching. And I was 27 at the time. And I looked 17. And they told us in the program, you know, find some executives that you can practice on. And I'm thinking like, what executive is going to take a 17 year old seriously, I look like I'm their kid or probably younger. And so I thought to myself, well, You know, there's other ways to be able to practice this. There's gotta be. And I and it hit me. I was tutoring math students at the time. So I focused on them. I go, they're right here. These are I can be a coach with them. And they're already here. I don't have to go advertise. I don't have to go get them. I don't have to go sell them, pitch them, nothing. They're already my clients. And I know this will add massive value. So let me just be a coach with them as I'm learning. So they got version 1.01, 1.02, 1.03. They got all of that until I was really like then ready to rock and roll. And along the way, I enjoyed every minute of it. So it's not like I had to wait for pleasure, for happiness, for for joy, for fulfillment. No, I enjoyed the whole th- fulfillment the whole way. And that's what I'm hearing when you say this. And this is so empowering to for anybody listening. You, you don't have to get all the way to the finish line to experience fulfillment you can start today you know by just being be that person and if you can do that today which you can then you can begin to enjoy that fulfillment powerful idea i also love what you shared about you know that story with 40 people coming up to you after you know you were you had some time to present and they got to hear you feel your energy experience who you are your most authentic self you said something really important about the idea of surrendering And how when you surrender to, you know, the path, when you know, but of course, the the key there is knowing what you want and why you want it, knowing the direction, as you as you put it, where you want to go and then surrendering, you will figure out how and you also I think the way you put it was something along the lines of, you know, you you unleash almost like your best self in that process. They felt that energy and, you know, that I think is such an important story because it it's that validation that also helps us know that we're moving in the right direction. And I feel like when people are unleashing that version of themselves, some version of that happens, however it might look for different things, you know, whether whatever field it might be in and all that. And I think it's important to really be mindful of those moments to stop and enjoy. And I love what you said. You know, the very honest feeling was, your honest reaction was to step away from the conference for a minute and like take a day or something and just try to be on your own and process this. Cause you were like, something's happening here and I need to understand what's happening here. And I love the story about like, I'm just staring at bananas at this point. Like, I don't know, like, I'm just like trying to stay away from people no eye contact. And of course somebody finds a way to like get my attention. I'm like, ah, here we go. I got to hear it again. I'm radiating energy, but you had a breakthrough. And that was beautiful that you, you know, you, I love this idea that you know, when you are, when you unleash your best self and all of who you are, you know, and people notice it, it's because it's in them. Yeah, you know, what, what, what's that saying? People say like game sees game, right? Like, you know, someone who, you know, you can always see it. If they saw it in you, then it must be in them, you know, and you're, and now your career and your work is built on helping them unleash that as well, helping them get like, All of it out so that they can enjoy life the way you are, which to your point, then you produce posts like the one that resonate with people like me and others who need to hear those messages. And you're right. When I see a post like that, the reason why I feel called to reach out to you is because it's it's all of you. It's like everything. It's it doesn't seem like something you worked on, something you thought. It's just who you are. And that I think is the beautiful part about the journey to reinvention. As we move on that journey, and we take those steps to really surrender, but know where we want to go and pursue that boldly, like you have along your journey. I love the part about your, you know, what you said about your highest values. You know that that awareness of what it is that drives you—love and service—and and and I think that you said something that is super empowering and very much along the lines of being is more important than doing. You said. You can execute those in any way. There's no one way to execute that. And that is so important because anyone listening right now, they have a set of values. And whatever those are, whatever those top ones are, maybe we feel like I'm not able to live those values because I have a job that's not right for me or that doesn't allow me to do this or, or I'm in a situation or circumstance and all that. But perhaps you're looking at execution of those values in only one way and you're not considering all the ways you can do it, however that might look in any moment or any time. It could be as simple as, you know, just someone, you you spot someone, it's like the math teacher in me will notice that someone's struggling to figure out something numerical, and I'm at the coffee shop, and I can just like lean over and be like, hey, let me help you out with that, because that's just like who I am. It doesn't mean, it doesn't have to be a paid tutoring engagement. I don't have to be a teacher in front of a classroom. There's so many ways to execute what matters to me and like who I am. And that's a really empowering idea. One, you're aware of what those values are. And two, you can execute them in any way. And, and that's, and I think by you saying that you're giving us permission to do that.
1: A thousand percent. I completely agree. And, and honestly, speaking of values, I gave a, I gave a talk to to children at a school a month ago about values and how to really stick to what you stand for and to, to what you believe in and to who you are, regardless of what's happening outside and uh, around you. And I realized as I was doing that exercise is that I do that same exercise with the executives, athletes, and high performers that I work with. And very few, very few, and I mean 1% of the people that I work with and coach have already, already know what their values are. Most of the time, we're doing an exercise for them to realize what those values are and what they stand for and what they believe in. So if that was taught for children at schools and they had awareness of what I stand for, what it is that I live by, I think that can create a big impact. And then they would know, how am I putting that and actualizing that in anything that I do? So, so here it's just also raising the point of it's not only important as an adult to do that, but it's also important for us to install these beliefs and mindsets and values for children and the youth, because that's going to shape the kind of world that we're going to be living in then.
0: This is something that schools don't cover, right? We We don't learn this. We learn science, we learn math, we learn reading and all these other things, but we don't learn to identify our values, develop our values, you know, really step into them and enjoy them and grow them and all of that and what that looks like. The good and the bad sides of it, you know, I, I, I had a, a values kind of experience when I was younger and, and it was interesting because my, my father, my mother and father played an interesting role in it. So there was a student, a friend of mine in school, and I was like in seventh or eighth grade, I think it was eighth grade, and we were taking a history test. And it was a student that struggled with learning and all of these things. But you know, he really wanted to do well. We were in, in eighth, we definitely were in eighth grade because we were getting ready for high school. And for him, like if he didn't pass some of these tests or do decently on them, then he he might not go to high school. He might get left back. And so I helped him out during the test. Now I, I knew this was wrong on some levels. I knew I was ch- not, I'm cheating. I'm helping him, you know, with this test and all of that. But I weighed that against like you know this idea that this value I had, where you know my dear friend needs help, like this kid needs help, and. And he's not getting the help other ways. And he might get left back for like one freaking test. And like, you know, it, this is going to crush him and kill him. So I'm like, no, I, I wanted to do something. And so I just, I leaned over and did that. I ended up getting in trouble. We both got, you know, we, the, we got caught and the teacher right away just gave me a zero. Now that cost me the high honor roll, which I was on the path for that. And I was like, well, that sucks. And I I remember that I very quickly came to terms with that, like, well, it is what it is. Like, I can't fix that now. Like I did what I did and I know I did it. So it's not like I can complain about it. But of course I had to go tell my parents because they were about to get a call and all of this, and they were going to get called in for a parent teacher meeting or something along those lines. And I explained to my father and, you know, he, he didn't punish me. And I was like, Whoa, why am I not in trouble? And he goes, you know, I understand why you did it. And, and I, and I respect why you did it. You know, you, you made a decision, you knew you were breaking a rule and you, you were risking getting in trouble but you valued helping him out. And that was why you did it. And so I'm not going to punish you. Obviously, the school's going to take care of that because they're going to probably give you the, the zero on the test and whatever, and they'll do what they're going to do. Detention, I don't know, whatever, but you know, they'll take care of that part of it. But I, I'm not going to do that because I, I do respect what you, why you did it and all of that. And, and this comes with it. Sometimes you do have to live with the consequences of, of living by your values. Living by your values won't always be easy. And there will be punishments at time because the world may not understand our values. And so, you know, I think that to empower young people with this, but I was lucky to have that moment, but that wasn't part of the curriculum. That was just something that happened. And I was very fortunate to have, you know, my parents, you know, teach me that lesson in that way. And it stood, and I mean, here I am, like I'm 42. And that happened when I was, I don't know, like 14. So, you know, we're talking a long time ago. And yet I still remember that moment, like it was yesterday. I even can picture where I was sitting in the classroom and how the classroom looked. But this is something that you know we don't learn in school. And I, I love that you had the opportunity to go in and share with students this. I remember that post, by the way, when you took the picture, <laughs> when you were going in, I remember that post that you shared. You're like, I'm about, I'm about to go in and drop some knowledge. It's like, you know, help kids, like uh, something about <laughs> like address these issues in the school system because nobody teaches this. But whatever <laughs> it was, I was like, ah, I love it. I love it that they're gonna get a dose of you.
1: That story actually shows the importance of parenting and the importance role that parents play in shaping who we are and our beliefs and our stories and our values as well and what your parents did right there is they taught you that if you help someone you're doing a good thing if your father or parents punished you at the time as a child because you didn't know any better what you could have understood is that when i help someone i get punished for it so I'm not going to help people because that's going to give me a negative outcome, and your brain's going to always push you back and away from moments of pain, right? So you would have created the definition that if I helped someone, I would have gotten punished for that. So that would have changed the entire game, and yeah, the importance right. of words and actions that parents teach us. As, as kids is incredible. That's why, to me, it's important to focus on these children because it's a very critical age of how your, your rea- realities are shaped in your mind.
0: I, I love that. And, and I think that, you, you know, you're right about the age. I didn't even consider that part, that a lot of those, because we're so impressionable at that time and we're developing our values and growing them and feeding them and fueling them, if they are not encouraged at that time, it's much easier to kill them. It'd be harder to kill it now. If somebody tried to squash it now, I'm like, well, I'm 42. Like I've been developing this for a while now, so like you're not gonna, you know, squash it in a moment. But yeah, you're right. Like when I was 13 or 14, I might have been discouraged to continue down that path or explore it a little bit more. And you know, to your point, I think I'm reflecting just on my career path ever since I launched my journey to reinvention, and everything I have done has really been around helping people, working, starting with math students and all of that. And I'm and I always prioritize that above, I don't know, whatever other thing I might have had to do that day. <laughs> you know, I always say like, sometimes I'll go into an event and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to spend a little bit of time there helping out a little bit. And then I'll, I will i got to head out because I got this other thing and I got to go to sleep. So, I, you know, tomorrow I got this other and I'm always the last one to leave. I'll always say that going in. And then I'm the, literally the last one to leave. And I'm like, how does this always happen? You know? And I go, no, I got to take, I'll prioritize it over getting my sleep, taking care of myself. And while you know, I don't recommend that and I don't do that. I mean, I do take care of myself, luckily, other moments. But in those moments when all of a sudden it's up against helping others, boom, helping others will always win because I know my values. But to your point, like you shared in your story. I mean, that drives you, that fuels you. So in the end, you come home with energy, you are like I got more energy now.
1: That's exactly what happened to me yesterday. Actually, I was giving a workshop yesterday and that day my energy was very, very low and I was very tired and I woke up and I'm like, okay, how am I going to get that energy to give that workshop? But I knew that this, this is what fuels me. And by the end of the workshop doing things like that and connecting with people and and impacting people and talking and and discussing with people, things about, you know, these topics of human behavior and becoming a better person, they don't take away energy from me. They give me energy. By the end of that workshop, I had full on energy to start another day and it ended at 10 PM. Right. And I was like, the day just started, what are we doing? Right. (laughs) So, so really whenever you're doing something that's connected to your truth and who you are and your purpose, it, it gives you energy. It doesn't take away energy, which is also why I was able to do all of these many extracurricular activities while I still had other commitments for like school, for example, because that didn't take away energy from me. That fueled me. That gave me energy. If anything, it was it was school that was taking energy from me, right? <laughs> but I, I, I also, I'm, I'm someone who loves school, by the way. I love learning. I love studying. I love learning about new things. So just to make that clear so that you don't think that... It, But I am against the fact that these topics are not taught at school.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, I think it was clear in your story that you absolutely love school mm-hmm. um, so that earlier in your story. But yeah, you're right. It doesn't mean that just because we love it. I, I mean, I, I loved my school experience. It doesn't mean it was perfect mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean it taught me everything that I, you know, looking back, I'm like, oh, gosh, some of these things would have been nice to learn earlier. Mm-hmm. And there was space to learn them earlier. I think there was an opportunity, but, you know, it wasn't covered in the curriculum. It wasn't part of the state or national curriculum or whatever it might be, you know, but but that said, i enjoyed my school experience that sounds like you enjoyed it as well and well this is where we get to play a role you know I, for me a big part of going to schools like when i along my journey like going uh, becoming a math teacher was not just about becoming a math teacher to satisfy my desire to be a math teacher, but it was to bring some things that I, I'm like, you know what, I have a different set of experiences. So I want to bring these into the classroom. I want to share stories with students. I want to hear their stories. I want to do it my way, like the way that I, that I know now, because of my training, my education, my experiences, you know, this will help them Do better in math, actually. And so I'm going to put these things into practice. And I was fortunate to have, you know, four really special years, but it was an opportunity to be able to, you know, bring some of that that you bring, you know, when you get to deliver these talks. So thank you for that work because we do need that at that young age. Now I got to figure out. I have a seven-month-old. I got to figure out. Oh wow, how do I do this as a parent? <laughs> so I got to figure out how to bake this in. But chances are she'll be in this room with me when she can sit and you know stand and sit and walk in. Be like, all right, we're gonna watch some. Uh, we're gonna watch Unleash the Power Within together. We're gonna do that with Tony Robbins. So let's do it. <laughs> she'll be jumping up and down. You know, way lowered, like way down here. But you know, she'll be doing it with me. Maria, this has been an incredible conversation. I, I have to stop it only because I try to keep podcast episodes to a certain length. But honestly, I feel like you and I can go on and on and on. And but so many powerful lessons that you did get to share, though. And I just you know want to quickly recap because there, there's a lot of value here. But you know you you've you went through so much. Like at a very young age, you started doing that inner work. And I want to lift that part of the story up because it's really important that uh, this idea that you shared. You've been conditioning your mind for a very long time to be able to walk into a situation and bring a level of energy, no matter how bad that situation is. And that's so important because what you're telling us there is that there is a way for all of us to be able to achieve this, for all of us to be able to do this. And, and what it simply takes is repetition that you can condition your mind. And there are ways to do it as simple as putting in your AirPods or, or wired ones or however you want to do it and listen to the ideas that will help you learn these new ways of thinking, these new ways of being. And you've been doing that since you were 14. So by the time you had to navigate some difficult moments in your country while going through difficult moments in you, like your inner challenges, You were able to do this. You had the strength or at least the foundation to do this. You know, you had the vehicle to do this. For anyone listening, this work is what happens outside. You shared this with me already as well, by the way. You know, I got to share because you and I had another call before this, exploring some of the work that you do, because I was feeling like I was running out of the, the mental strength, you know, and I was hitting some sort of walls or ceilings or however I described it to you. And you reminded me of something, that there were some exercises that I used to practice that through repetition that I wasn't doing anymore. And, and you, you, you noticed that, yeah, you know, kind of like what you're mentioning, the moment when things started getting a little tougher, just a little before that, you stopped doing this thing, just saying there might be something there. You know what? Absolutely right. For, since we had that conversation, I think it was almost three weeks ago, I've been doing my, my morning priming exercises and game changers game changer. I I was like, wow, I forgot. And, And I want to share this even on this recording when I did the first priming exercise after so long, I I was just in tears. Like I it was such a beautiful exercise. I realized that I was not allowing myself to dream the next level of dreams. I was almost like trying to stay away from that because I was afraid of disappointment as I'm embarking on this next part of my journey to reinvention, something that is different and it's harder than what I've done before. And of course, you know, like it's in it, but it means a lot to me. And in that priming exercise, I'm challenged to visualize three outcomes. And as I'm doing that, I realized I can't believe I've, I've been chasing these outcomes or working towards these outcomes for maybe almost a year now. And yet I never stopped to visualize the outcome. And I was so, and I realized it was because I was so afraid of visualizing it fully because I was worried that I wouldn't make it, that I would disappoint myself. And when I did visualize it, it just rushed through me so much. So, so you've already helped me so, 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 so much. I appreciate what you're saying. And, and I, I just want to say, share that for the listeners because, you know, it doesn't matter where we are in our journey. You know, it, we, we will find new challenges, new things that excite us. You know, like you said, right now, the work you do is aligned perfectly with you, but we don't know, maybe in five years, you'll be back to starting a new thing, whatever that new thing is. And you'll be going through the same and you'll need that mental strength to navigate some of those tough moments to get to the, you know, where you want to be in that new field or whatever that domain might be. And so I'm going through that right now. And it was a great reminder that. Gotta work out our bodies, we gotta work out our minds, we gotta work out our, our soul and our spirit, you know, every single day. So thank you for all of these powerful lessons. Repetition is a mother skill, as you mentioned. Listen all the time. That's the last thing I wanted to say. Last remarks from you.
1: First of all, what a powerful story. And and I love to see people reconnect with themselves and then to realize, wow, where was that? Or that's how it feels like to be me. And it's, it's, yeah. very, it's very common for us to disconnect from that every once in a while. You know, life happens. And we're not always in a, in a constant state of being conscious of what's happening on the inside. Because sometimes the outside could be very distracting as well. But it's always important to give ourselves the space and to pull ourselves back. Or at least surround ourselves with people who are there to pull us back into ourselves. And to point that out for us. That, hey, how are you doing? Are you okay? Okay. What happened with that? You know, to keep you accountable and, and to really help you reconnect with yourself. So thank you for helping me connect with you and to helping me connect with your audience. And I really hope that maybe even one word that I said would impact someone hearing this episode and, and, and watching this podcast. And it's, it's really everything that I would want if I just want to create a little bit of impact on the journey of, of someone else. And so thank you for giving me that opportunity to be able to do this. And thank you for holding the space to my story and to my journey and my transformations and being a part of other people's reinvention and, and transformations as well.
0: Uh, uh, Thank you for being today. You did it so well. And, And I think more than one word will be making an impact on anyone listening to this episode. For anybody who wants to follow Maria's work, check out the show notes. You'll find all of the relevant links so you can follow her on, uh, I think Instagram is the main platform that you're on where you share a lot. So you'll be able to follow her there and also check her out on LinkedIn and all of these other places. Thank you again, Maria. Appreciate your time.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the school of reinvention podcast. Again, I'm your host, Roger Osorio. If you're ready to start your journey to reinvention and want to walk the path with others, visit www.rogerosorio.com and go to the School of Reinvention to check out for yourself how a community-based coaching platform can help you begin your next reinvention. You can also go to rogerosorio.com to purchase my new book, The Journey to Reinvention, and receive some exciting bonuses. Until next time, make your day great.